Welcome to episode 7, where I catch up with Jay Glover. Jay is a product of the Midwest, being born in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and then migrating over to Grand Rapids, Michigan during his high school years. In high school, he met his wife, Lisa Bloom, now known as Lisa Glover, and together, they live in Grand Rapids, Michigan with their dog, Theo. So Jay attended Hope University in Holland, Michigan, where he was senior class representative for student congress, and he also spoke at graduation. Nowadays, he's currently in pursuit of his master's in public administration from Grand Valley. Jay loves the art of public speaking. He loves podcasts probably more than me. He's mastered the keto diet, and he loves running as well as attending marathons and triathlons. Quick disclaimer, too. Jay and I, we were talking about former President William Howard Taft in this podcast, and we got the dates of his presidency wrong. It was speculated that he was president in 1924, but he was actually president in 1908. So Jay asked me to clarify this fact in the introduction, and I got to say, when he asked me to do that, I laughed because I love it. That's a true testament to some awesome character right there. So thanks for that, Jay. Without further ado, let's cue it up. Cue episode seven. And we are live. Wow. <laughs> wow. All of a sudden, I ran out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. What's up, Jay? How are you? I'm great, man. I'm so excited to do this. Yeah, dude. I've been excited to have you on, too. Like, I, I'm curious to know if I'm the first and only person who's come and approached you about doing this. You know what? No, there was one other. But okay. mo- most people, it comes up in conversation. I think I slip in and like, hey, are you interested? But you know, you were the first one in Grand Rapids to proactively be like, dude, get me on. I want it. I got a lot to say. Despite the fact that I just told you I have nothing to say, I've got a lot to say. Well, you're an interesting guy. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited to, to dive deep, man, and peel back the layers. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh, I guess for starters, where are you from? Yeah, I like to tell people that I'm a product of the Midwest because I was born in a small town in Marshall, Minnesota, called Marshall, Minnesota. And then uh, I moved to South Dakota, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, when I was four. Spent 10 years there, and then I moved here to Michigan when I was a freshman in high school. Wow. So you were in South Dakota from 4 to 14. Yeah. Okay. Sioux Falls. Yeah. One of the only two places you can be from in South Dakota. Sioux Falls or Rapid City. Fascinating. Yeah. Is Sioux Falls known for anything? Uh, I guess nothing that like comes to mind. They're the largest city in South Dakota, but okay. that's kind of it. What's the capital of South Dakota? It's, it's Pierre. People call it Pierre, but it's Pierre. I've been calling it Pierre yeah. forever. I think everyone outside of South Dakota calls it Pierre, but it's Pierre. It's Pierre. Yeah, Pierre. And you know what, though? I do appreciate that you remembered I was from South Dakota because people say North Dakota and then they say same thing when I tell them it's South Dakota. Oh, it's really? like, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, but it's not. I mean, two different places. I've never been to either, but in my mind, I kind of picture them and they, they seem the same, like decently mountainous, lots of corn, uh, cold. Hard, yeah. Hardy folk with strong accents, maybe maybe some buffalo. Yes, more buffalo probably in North Dakota than South Dakota. Okay. But the uh, I didn't think we were going to go this direction, but <laughs> so South Dakota or Sioux Falls is in the southwest corner or southeast corner of South Dakota, and then all the way across the state is um, is Rapid City, and that's where it gets mountainous. So that's like where Mount Rushmore is. But it's kind of cool because. There's no big schools between there, really. Oh. So you used to have to drive from Sioux Falls eight hours across state to play Rapid City, like in high school football. So we'd like road trip to go watch my brothers play football on like a Friday. Isn't oh, that that's cool? insane. But yeah. you guys would have to get a hotel. 
Oh yeah. 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 For sure. But they did some cool stuff. Like one year, the, the like high school basketball, like state championship would be in Sioux Falls. And then the next year would be in Rapid City, but Rapid City is a, like a, like a vacation destination. Like you go like mountain skiing there. So they'd like get a, wow. like a dope place up in the mountains and hang out. Wow. Yeah. We went there for my brother's bachelor party. It was a good time. Well, so how often do you get back there? Never. Never. <laughs> Literally never. I used to go occasionally because my brothers used to live there, but now there's no reason for me to go back. I mean, I don't even stay in touch with my friends. I'm kind of bad at that, though. I, I feel like you're pretty good. No. You have a, you've got a big circle here. Yeah, but like, I'm not a big fan of communicating telephonically with people. Sure. So it's like, when you're on my bus, you're on my bus. And when you're not on my bus, like, maybe we'll cross paths someday. Maybe you'll get on my bus in the future. Perhaps. You know, there might be an open seat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm very <laughs> excited to meet new friends. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like you, sure. you know? Right. We, we've we reconnected. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we crossed paths a few times in high school, of course. Right. Through mutual friends. And then being back here, of course, we have a lot of mutual friends again. And so we've That's crossed right. paths. We, we've golfed together. Mm-hmm. You had a chili cook-off. Yeah. We're doing a podcast. Heck yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome, dude. That's great. That golf game, by the way, was a lot of fun too. That was another thing. I think I was talking to you or maybe Dan, but it's like, you got to do, oh, you know what? I said it to John when you guys were out at your shot. Golf events should be only with acquaintances because we had such a pleasant day. It was so pleasant. There's no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Because I mean, you, you're good. No, one. I am not good. You were the, out of us four? Yeah, but uh, that best. was three, that was four bad golfers then. Well, you've got quite the swing, man. You've, you're a tall guy, so Thank some you. good torque on you. Yeah, I do have some torque. That's <laughs> probably fair to say. Nice. So 14, you, you come back to Michigan, yep. and I'm assuming it's uh, your dad. That's right. Yeah, so he took a job with mm-hmm. Northwestern Mutual, and uh, but I was stoked to move. Like why? Because most kids, when they're that age, they don't want to because they've established friends, right? And I did, but like I think there was friend drama going on, like pretty serious friend drama. It was kind of weird. I had like a lot of, I had a big group of friends, but like I was the guy that connected the guys to the girls. So like I had a lot of girlfriends and a lot of guy friends. Sure. And that's not the case anymore. Like I know five women in my life, and they're all my wife's friends. <laughs> okay. Um, but there was just a lot of drama, and so I was like, heck yeah, let's move. And like my dad's job was, I knew like the opportunity it was. And I was like, I think that this will work out well. So I moved here and like literally didn't move back, like look back for a moment. So when you moved here, uh, did it take some time getting used to a different part of the Midwest and reestablishing a new group of friends? Or were you able to just kind of, you know, jump right back into the water and, and you were swimming? Um, I don't think that like geographically I was like, oh, this is a different part of the Midwest. I didn't probably think like that. Like shocked. Yeah. Right. But, um, no, I like to brag that I got kicked out of social studies class the first day of freshman year because I we moved on August 5th and we literally went to play it against sports. I bought a, a pair of cleats and I went to football practice. So I had like a bunch of friends. We had like eight kids in our social studies class. And so I was just chatty and <laughs> got sent in the hall. Really? Yeah. And like my first week at, at school. Wow. So no, it worked out perfectly. I, I made a, a good group of friends right off the bat and... Yeah, I really didn't look and back. And the rest is history. Kind of. My younger brother was in like fourth grade, like had a rough time. And like, what fourth grader cares? But he oh, didn't like it so much. I'm, I'm sure now he, it's a blip in his memory. He, I would have, yeah. He's actually stayed in somewhat like close contact with some of his friends. Maybe not close contact, but he, he like checks in on him. Fascinating. So, you know, you touched on your brother. Uh, and I know just through knowing you that you've got a pretty extensive family. Like yeah. You've got a pretty big family. Yeah, three brothers. Three brothers. So four boys. So one younger and two older. Is That's it? right. Yep. 
And what are their names? So my younger brother's Duff. He's his name is Steven, but everyone calls him Duff or Duffer. And then I got an older brother, Danny, who's above me. And then my older oldest brother is Andy. Okay. And then Andy and Danny have two kids each, and it's all girls. Ah, so you're so an uncle. I'm an uncle. Five nieces. Five nieces. Yeah. Wow. So when the the first boy comes along, it'll It'll probably be a celebration in the Glover. I don't know. We've actually enjoyed girls. And the thing is, is I always said I wanted to have girls. And now I'm going to like be cursed with a bunch of sons because I actually (laughs) cared. And they wanted, you know, they didn't care. I don't think so. Yeah, you can't play in the universe. That's right. Right. Okay, cool. So coming from South Dakota, getting right up in the the Grand Rapids, Michigan, establishing some friends. And and you went to Forest Hills Eastern. Yep. Yeah. How was that? I like my time at Forest Hills Eastern. Um. Yeah, I had a blast. I met my wife there. Didn't realize it, but um, it was a good time. I had, yeah, I had good friends. But like I said, like I don't stay in touch with my good high school friends. But I kind of had a weird thing. Like I kind of swapped friend groups. Yeah. Um, like my senior year. So like my my like college friends, if you will, like quotation marks, college friends. Sure. Were like people I met my senior year of high school. Okay. So like I've got a good group of friends that are like from Forest Hills Eastern, but like I spent a lot of time with them in college less so in high school right but these are the types of friends and just knowing you as a person where you run into them even if it's been a few years it's just like no time has passed right exactly well and also one of my best friends is also my wife's cousin so she has a huge family and so i get to see him and i don't know that i would if not for the like family tie so that's been nice okay nice so is there a story uh with how you and lisa came to be there's lots, I imagine. <laughs> I would I would imagine too, but you guys met in high school. Yeah, we met in high school. We took a little hiatus in college for a little while, and then we got back together. Um, she was going to pawn my guitar, and her friends told her that she needed to at least like run it by me. And I had been thinking about sending her a text message, and it was like Christmas break, and I was like, let's, let's catch up. So we went to Founders and uh, drank a couple beers, and the rest is history. And you guys just had this moment where it was like, let's, let's give it another go. Yeah. Yeah. I think she played hard to get. She doesn't think that she played hard to get. She like always says, I wish that I like made it tougher on you. But for the most part, like I pursued her then I would say I would argue. Well, I mean, what, what's that saying? It's like an, anything that's worth anything in life is, uh, is, uh, it's, it requires effort. Hmm. Right? It's tough to pursue. That's right. There, there's a similar saying like that. I think I butchered that, but yeah. no, I get the, I get the premise. Yeah. How long have you guys been married? Four years since August. It's been a long time. Four years. I know. And that kind of wild. Wow. And people, I was thinking about this the other day, like people were throwing bets down like 18 months before we had kids. And it's like, we said we weren't going to. And I just don't know that people like took us serious. I don't know why they, they did, but yeah. I think it's because when you see those relationships that they get married right out of college. Right. Uh, normally they pop out kids. And we did. I mean, we got married when we were like 23 years old. Yeah. So. But yeah. yeah, that's fair. Kids are on the table, though. Certainly. Oh, someday. Yeah, ho- hopefully a litter of girls. Yeah, per- yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd, I'd be down to have kids anytime. I like hanging out with my nieces. They're cool people. You like, I don't realize that there's so many things you realize as like an old person. Um, like you realize, like when your parents say like, I've been there and I've done that and I understand it. Like when my niece, Maisie, who's five, is like 16 like, I know that I'm going to know what she's getting up to, even if she doesn't know that I, like, she's not going to, like, Jay doesn't understand. But I feel like I'm going to understand. No, I, I can resonate with that you 100%. Know what I, mean? I have a niece who is, uh, she's 12. 
Oh, yeah. Dude. And so I, I've watched her grow up. And she's just now getting into that middle school, high school phase. And right. I, just, I can kind of see like her path unraveling away. Like, I know what's what's you're going to get into in a sense, you know. Oh, for sure. I'll be a healthy. Yeah. Piece, yeah. Yeah. Well, and whatever. Yeah. I mean, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, like I'm going to like one, you're going to be there. But two, like, don't think that you're like talking in code with your friends around us. Like we right. get it. We, we've been there. Right. We've done that. But yeah. also it is one of those things <laughs> where like I look at like Maisie, particularly just because she's the oldest and she's got a, like a large personality. It was like. She's my friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like you kind of look at these kids and you're like, cause you just like you, when you're hanging out with your family and like your family becomes your friends, yeah. or like the people you spend time with, it's like, I guess you're my friend now. Right. <laughs> but it's like, Maisie, don't be like, don't be a loser. Be cool. Right. Right. Like you're going to, if you're going to hang out with us, you're going to have to be cool. You can give her some shit. Right. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So some... you like parent and teach, but it's like. Watching their personalities like, right. unravel. Right. Yeah, exactly. That, that's like the testament of you know, watching family members become friends. Exactly. Like, you're turning into a human. Yeah, actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like you, ref- you reflect poorly on me if you're out there being not cool. Yeah. So be cool. <laughs> so get your shit together. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but she's on the right track, I'd say. Okay. I, lo- I love that name too, Maisie. Yeah. She's a good girl. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what is Glover? The last name. I don't know. I think it's um. I think the Glover name's like English, but yeah. I like to say I'm a mutt. Okay. Yeah. My I think my parents did that like twenty three and Me and like mm. the highest percentage of like any specific thing was like thirty percent. Really? Yeah. But it's just a, a myriad of yeah. I'm like I, yeah. I'm not Dutch, so like I can't persuade people no. I'm not Dutch being here. Like being tall, blue eyed, blonde haired. Everybody who's tall, blue eyed, blonde haired, like yourself is Dutch. But I'm nor I think I'm Norwegian. Like that thirty three percent is Norwegian, which I love. Like I'm a Viking. Like I'm a I'm a descendant of Vikings, <laughs> nice. which is kind of cool. Yeah, nice. You can you can bear the harsh winters. That's right. Yeah, that's very right. very well. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> so, um. Go to Eastern and what you went to Hope, right? Yep. So, was it always going to be Hope? Was it like a last minute decision? Why Hope? Yeah. So, I wanted to be a youth pastor when I was in high school. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I knew I wanted to go to like a small Christian college. And my dad, in his position, like would have a bunch of college interns that he like oversaw. And um, so they'd babysit me. Like when my parents would go away for like a long weekend, they'd have, he'd have like these college interns come stay with me. Okay. So, uh, I had a guy named Dan Picorni come stay with me and he was a cool dude. Is he from Grand Rapids? Yeah. Okay. You might know him. I, I, I really recognize the last time we went yeah. to high school with the Picornis. Yeah, probably. I think you might have like a younger sibling our age. Okay. Um, anyway, but yeah, so he, uh, he was a real cool dude and he took us, uh, as he called it Jeepin. So we took this Jeep with no doors and no roof out to Holland and he drove us around and I was like, this guy's cool. He went to Hope. I like him. Yeah. So I, I give him a lot of credit despite the fact that I don't think that that had really any bearing on my decision, but that's like the closest thing to a story. Well, for you left life. a strong impression on you. And, Clearly. And I mean, in high school, we're all very impressionable. But, exactly. And at the end of the day, I think that you look up to people that you want to emulate role models in a yeah, sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, another guy I don't ever talk to or have not sit in any like remotely any touch with, but nice guy. Yeah, there's another quote I I watched from a TV show the other day. It was something like, uh, "The people there are people in the world that you remember the least amount and you had the smallest interaction with, but they left the biggest impact on you." Mm. And that's a prime example. Yeah, actually, to that point, I got a close friend from Hope, who uh, 
I don't know, he must have been working on like a project or something, but he had to like come up with some statements, like some beliefs. And he, he always said that, uh, like, I believe one conversation can change the trajectory on your life. And I'm like, that's kind of ironic that that statement has stuck with me because wow. of the f- essence of what the statement's about. Whoa. Isn't that kind of clever? That's full circle. Yeah, I know. Oh, that is really yeah. clever. Who is this kid? His name's Zach. And I do stay in touch with him. Okay. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Well, Zach, this is uh, quite the shout out you're getting right now. That's right. Zach Adams. Zach Adams. Very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me what, tell me about Hope, man. Yeah. So I went to Hope and uh, decided pretty quickly I didn't want to be a youth pastor and we were, we had this like every year they had this like symposium and we were forced to go, but it's right around election year and they were talking about politics or like something political ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got very interested in politics. So then I, I changed my major to a political science major and, uh, yeah. So kind of became like, a I was like a schoolboy. Like I was a, I was a senior class representative for student Congress. Were you really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Spoke at graduation. That did was you cool. really? Yeah. Never would have thought that. Cause I actually got waitlisted at hope. Okay. Yeah. I did not have. So great... someone must've backed out then or they didn't That's like right. their speech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I did that and lived with a bunch of guys on the soccer team and had a great time. I loved hope. Awesome. Well, we don't have to, I don't want to dive into this too much, but I'm just curious cause Obviously, we're, I think, five days away from the election, six yeah. days away. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask where you lean, but who do you think? Oh, I'm proud I'm proud to tell you where I lean. Oh, okay. Bring it on. <laughs> Let's go. It'll take a little while, but... So, I I was also the chairman of the Hope College Republicans. Okay. Proud, proud chairman of the Hope College Republicans. But I have uh, since drastically changed my views, and I wish that I could still be a Republican, but I... Um, am going to vote for Democrats because I just think that what's going on is just like nuts. And I think that that's like what you're supposed to do, right? Like if you're upset with what's going on, you're supposed to vote in such a way. So even though I think that I still could be a Republican someday, yeah, I'm like, I think I like very small statement, but I got to make a statement and like vote for people that I think are opposing the people that I think are, are doing a poor job. Yeah, I, I follow for sure. It's fascinating because this election in particular, you're seeing so many people that have been proud Republicans their whole lives right? that are saying, listen, I'm still a Republican, right. but I'm voting Democrat because I just want them out. Yeah, exactly. And I want change. Exactly. Yeah. So that is where I, I'm standing. And so I'm hopeful that Biden will win. Um, but like, honestly, man, see, here's what I think is like, this is where it gets, it's like, People are like, well, Biden's like slightly incompetent or like he's lost his, you know, he's lost a step or five steps. Sure. But it's like if I got the opportunity to vote for nobody or for Trump, like I would check the box for nobody. Like, let's start the whole process over again. Right. So that's just not a like a compelling argument to me that like Biden's not the right choice. It's like, no, I literally want anybody like a never Trumper is is better. It, well, it's just like. The belief about being a never Trumper, which is what I associate myself with, right, is anybody but Trump. Yeah, <laughs> like anybody else, I don't care, or nobody. No, yeah, I, I feel that. So th- this election's it's sticky, man, in the sense that I I read a tweet the other day and it said we have two men that are uh, one of them will lead our country, but both of them did not grow up with the internet. And Dude, to me, that spoke volumes because I'm like. We're in a digital technolo- technological revolution right now, and right. we need somebody that is embracing technology right. and, and just gets it a little more. Well, know? yeah, because that was the other thing. Like, I was a big fan. So what my thoughts are, and I I was uh, 
openly telling people that like Mayor Pete is a good option, and like people who Pete Buttigieg, yeah, Pete, Bud- Pete Buttigieg, yeah, yeah, um, because he's he's under fifty, he's under seventy, he's and he's from the Midwest. <laughs> like I think 70. there's something to be said about that. Like Midwest nice, there is. Like people talk about it like it's a bubble or like it's fake or like it's like uh, surface level, but like the longer I've been around, the longer I've been like, well, we're keeping a pretty good act up if we're like faking this Midwest nice because we still, for the most part, seem pretty nice. Dude, I've I've lived all around the country. Yeah. And so I've experienced uh, Texans, Kentuckians, you know, people from Tennessee, a lot of people from Georgia. And, you know, one thing that just really rings true home month after month, year after year, is that the Midwest has a different kind of nice. Of course, right. they're nice too, but it's... I can't necessarily put my finger on it. It's like maybe a genuineness. Sure. Authenticity. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I have, so I'm also, I'm substitute teaching up in Cedar Springs. So you can imagine how many Trump signs I drive by on my way to work. (laughs) And I appreciate, like, I can appreciate what they're saying. Sure. Um, And I can appreciate, like, I appreciate tradition. I've learned that, like, despite not having an enormous amount of tradition in myself, like I said, I really don't have, like, strong heritage roots or anything that would, like, I'm a proud Italian, but I think there's something to be said about that. But I don't think that the person that they like mm-hmm. in this instance is like a great representative of that. No, I, I, I agree with you. And what I'm learning also about this is that if you vote for who you're voting for, Biden or Trump, and you're able to rationally explain to me why, you know, and not a why in the sense that like, oh, I'm voting this way just because my family always has voted this way and this is how it's done. Like, no, that's not a good reason. Like have an opinion, have a belief. Okay. If you can explain policies or legislation that you believe in, then I respect your opinion and I will not change my view on how I view you. you right. Know? Yeah. I think there's something to be said about civility. Like I'm a big fan, but I'm also like a big fan of, uh, of like moderation, not in my personal life. I'm like a man of great, uh, like, like I swing to and fro like crazy, sure. but there's something to be said about just like the middle balance yeah yeah balance i mean i am in the middle right and that's what i think everyone says but <laughs> I, I think what the is problem the is is that on the uh, at the median at uh, uh, on average we're all middle but on the median we're not and what i mean by that is like like joe like we've talked a lot about joe rogan because we both are big podcast fans like he thinks he's in the middle but he's actually not like he's very progressive in some instances and very conservative in others so if you looked at the median he might be like gun, like gun rights right. might be that median spot where it's like, oh no, this guy's super conservative. Right. So like you shouldn't measure it on the, on average, you should measure I think it's worth measuring at the median. Interesting. I like that perspective a lot. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. I studied for the GRE this summer, so I was learning a lot about, you know, averages and medians and things like that. <laughs> Modes, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So back in college, so you were, you were a poli sci major and you were, the senior class, class representative. representative. That's right. God, what was that like? What did you have to do? Uh, there was some like a monthly meeting or something. Mm-hmm. I so here's a great example of my my proud conservativeness. So we had an American flag that flew twenty four seven on Hope's campus. Not obviously, but the f- things flew in the dark, like after dark. Like we didn't have any method to light it up. So that was like my proud accomplishment. I put a light on the American flag, which oh, is like, dude, if you're going to do it, at least do it right. You're the most American Norwegian I've ever met. That's man. darn I, right. I, I yeah, love yeah. that. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Good for you. So, yeah. so there was not a ton to do. I sat on, I did, I, I sat on, um, 
the academic affairs board and that was like me and a bunch of uh professors and yep. like the dean mm-hmm. so that was interesting yeah you know and they'd actually ask me like what my opinion about stuff was but and so there'd be like that's good experience too into yeah. like actually lo- learning about how uh policy you know gets from start to finish in a sense right and it's like it's like formal it's like somebody's got to make a motion to then second the motion it's gotta get seconded right. right yeah there's an agenda yeah you were a fraternity guy you i imagine had some of those i had one board that was similar to that mm-hmm. uh it was the transition to try and turn kentucky's campus from dry to wet Ooh. and i was one of the student representatives on that board nice um oh man what was, was your stance uh i think it should have been wet for sure but with correct policies in place just because i didn't want the fraternity houses just to have full-blown ragers right you know that was the main thing it's like the fraternities and sororities wanted to have a lot of alcohol and parties in the house and it's a good idea but it's also a terrible idea right sexual assault all that jazz for sure so but i think it would take a lot of pressure i imagine that most college presidents would just be like let's just make this play like like lowering the drinking age would be to their advantage i imagine it would i mean we should follow suit with the rest of the world yeah. And having a lowering drinking age. I mean, you look at Europeans. You've been to Europe. Like, yeah. There was so much There was more... a bar on campus at the school I studied at. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Europeans are just so much more civil uh, and they understand moderation when yeah. it comes to alcohol. Even when Maybe. they're 17. Maybe. Most I've met. Better than Americans. Okay. Put it that way. They don't, they don't binge as much as we do. Sure. Yeah. So that must have been some great experience though, all the less. Um, so after college then, did... Did that solidify your belief that like, hey, I want to dive into politics or Mm. did you choose a different direction in life? So I chose a different direction. So I went to D.C. and had a miserable time. Why? I just hated it. man. Why'd you go there? So I went there to like study abroad, like study for a semester in D.C. So I uh, study, studied abroad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not (laughs) a study abroad, but it's the concept remains. Study domestically. Yes. I studied domestically (laughs) in D.C. And I I just hated it. I like. A lot of time on the metro. I didn't. Ha- I had a roommate that I didn't particularly enjoy. I made a really good friend that I, has been like a lifelong friend of mine. But good. on the whole, it wasn't like an awesome experience. So I just left feeling pretty like bitter about the whole the whole time. Sure, and was kind of sick of politics. And then, uh, I mean, basically, like Trump started becoming the guy, and I was like, no, I'm like a Mitt Romney Republican. Like I love okay. Mitt Romney. Yeah. Um, and Trump hated Mitt Romney. So I was like, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's true. So I was like, I'm not into this anymore. So I, um, I worked for like a year at a liquor distillery, which is a great time. Oh, really? Where? Uh, the Coppercraft distillery in Holland. What did you do for them? I was kind of a jack of all trades. So I'd help, uh, I helped out the distiller in the morning mm-hmm. and then, uh, I'd pour drinks in the evening. That's kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's, so my father-in-law is a home builder and my wife was always like, I like, I'd love it if you like did something with your hands. And it was like one of those moments where I, like, I have, I have like soft hands, like the softest hands ever. <laughs> I am not a handy guy at all. I don't fix things. I don't know. No, never. So it was one of those things where I was like, I kind of proved it to myself. Like I can lift 50 pound bags of wheat there you go. <laughs> and, and pour it into a big machine yeah. And like have to use leverage to open things. It's so primal. Yeah. Darn right. I, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so I did that for about a year and then I ended up working um, at Northwestern Mutual um, in a couple of different roles um, for yeah. like three years. That is when you reached out to me, I remember. I, I think you had reached out to me once. Over yep. Right there, I did. Texted yeah, me. yeah. 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 Yep. Um, but family. But before that, I was I recruited for three, like two and a half years. 
recruited for finding financial advisors for for Northwestern. And then I was like, you know what? I got to try something different. It's kind of hard to find a job. So I was like, I can do the advisor thing. Um, so I did that for like 14 months and that was not for me, man. Why not? Um, so like in some ways I have like the perfect personality to be like a, like a financial advisor, like a life insurance salesman. Like I'm friendly, outgoing, like very personable, but no one's favorite. And like, that's key. I like, I've, I found that like, if you want to be good as a financial advisor, like you can't be anyone's favorite, right? Like moderation. You, you need to be someone's favorite. No, no, no. Oh, you can't be. No. Like people you're calling aren't excited for you to call them initially. Right. And then you're going to sit and talk to them about money. Something that very few people like to talk about. So you got to be likable enough, but not so likable that like, and that's where I think I got hung up. Like I cared too much about how much people liked me. And that's why like, if I was a good financial advisor, like I would have kept calling you. Yeah. Even though you told me no. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't do that. You know what? I, well, I did the internship with Mm -hmm. Northwestern, so I did the same thing and I think you've kind of just buttoned it up beautifully and that's that's necessarily why I, I didn't fall in love with it either right because you know? like the guy that works for like does all the financial advising stuff for me and like most of my siblings like he does not care what you think but he's also very likable but like not necessarily and he's got great friends so, so, so. you literally can't have an ego in a sense yeah like you gotta have a huge one and also none you, you have to have you're right a huge ego in the sense that you love yourself yeah like you gotta you be can't. confident enough to call but you gotta be also like so humble that like you're gonna get told no you can't give a crap what other people think about right. you yeah right. for sure and i care way too much about what people think about me i mean i've thought a lot about this over the years i, th- I think that's a blessing and a curse yeah and you know it is too yep you know because it, it keeps you on your toes it keeps you polished mm-hmm. in a sense uh, but also like, yeah, you don't want to worry too much about other people thinking right. and I, I struggle with that too, you know? Yep. Yep. So, uh, wow. So if you do, you were working at a distillery and then recruiting yep. for Northwestern mutual and then selling life insurance after that. And that's right. Whatever else they sold. Yep. Annuities. I don't know. Investments. Yeah. Investments. Yeah. yeah. So that was the other thing. It's like, I literally hate the market. Like, I know you're like a big crypto guy mm-hmm. and I'm like so grateful that I'll never, ever have to care about investments ever again. <laughs> really? And I was like, you know what? If that's going to be my future, I probably should like it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like nothing sounds more boring to me than talking about like making more money with your money. Oh my gosh. Really? It for, it's just fascinated me so no, much the last few I months. I couldn't care less. Uh, to, to each their own, man. I yeah. respect it. I yeah. really do. <laughs> like I don't care at all. So what do you love when it comes to a, a career? Um, I love public speaking. Like I love to talk. You're great at it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I like public speaking. I like to learn. Um, I've been a student for like most of my life. I, uh, I'm getting a master's degree right now at Grand Valley. Um, master's in what? In public administration. I'm about to not use it at all. I don't think, which is a bummer, but that oh. we can get into that. Um, fascinating. Not at all. It's been a great experience. I've loved it, but, um, so I like to learn. I like public speak and, uh, yeah, those are kind of my things. Okay, from like a professional standpoint. So, public administration, where, what doors do you see that potentially opening up for you? So, yeah, there, I've been submitting applications to basically like any city position. So, like the idea of the public administration degree was like a hundred years ago. They're like, you know what? It's basically like an MBA for like government. Okay, and so um, it's like we got to get our managers prepped like helping them think strategically so that's kind of what i like to like 
It's like consulting in a sense. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess. Um, and then also though, it's like, it's kind of taken on like a branch of like the nonprofit space. So I've applied to a lot of nonprofits, but the reason I don't think I'm going to like use it, um, is cause I've, I wanted to go get a PhD and then my wife and I were just like, you know what? That's just maybe let's, we got to re cause that's like another five years of school. We do want to start a family sooner than later. Sure. Um, and so I, I've been enjoying my time immensely at, at uh, Cedar Springs High School. So I, I'm going to get a teaching certificate next fall. Wow. Lots yes. going on. So I know. When, when do you wrap up the uh, This the spring. This spring. Yeah. That'll make you a lot more marketable too. Well, but I want to go be a teacher. And so it doesn't really, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. But a, teaching could be a stepping stone. That's right. Because you, you could work in higher education. And I'd still like to do that. Yeah. Like having the master's is like the bare minimum to get into like a, a college level teaching position. And so I do intend to like seek those roles out. So are you loyal to Grand Rapids with Lisa? Mm-hmm. I love it, man. And that was kind of the other it. thing is like, I would have either like the dream school is Notre Dame. So that's two hours. And mm-hmm. and she was like one rule, like we're not moving. And I was like, that's totally fine. I get that. So it'd have been two hour drive to either Notre Dame, a two hour drive to Detroit or like best case scenario was Michigan state an hour away. But that was like the least attractive school to me. Really? What? Are you not a state guy? I don't care about that. It's just like, basically you work as a TA and you're like, you're working for those 150 student classes. So I was just like persuaded pretty, pretty strongly by the, like by Wayne state and Notre Dame that it's like, you should come here because we have smaller school class sizes. And so you'd have a better experience. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to go be like a pretend professor for five years, like I'd rather be a pretend professor at like Notre Dame or Wayne state. Okay. So yeah, it just didn't line up. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So the, the teaching certificate, you're you're getting that right now. No, I'm going to start that in the spring. You're so starting more that? school. And what is, or, excuse what is, me, that'll be in the summer. What does that process look like? Is it uh, how long does it take to get one of those? And how there's does a that, lot of, how does that set you up also for you know your career down the road? Right. So there's a lot of different avenues, but Aquinas has a program where you can basically like skip a bunch of steps. Um, so I'm planning to go there, and you just have to get like a piece of paper that says Jay's certified to teach X topic. Okay. But you have to go to like a college to get it. Okay. So Aquinas kind of like cuts through most of the, the nonsense. Well, sure. not even nonsense, but like, um, they just get, they give it to you the fastest. Okay. So how long will it take a year? That's not bad. Right. That's not terrible. And I can find like a teaching position. And if somebody's like, like crazy enough to hire me, despite not having a teaching certificate, like Aquinas is cool with that. Is there a school here in Grand Rapids that you're, you're keen to that, that would make the most sense for you? Like, uh, I like, I, like I said, I really have loved Cedar Springs. I'd be happy to go back there. Um, I'm keen towards the North side of Grand Rapids, like Rockford. Cause that's like basically a small college in a way it is. Right. Yeah. So that'd be attractive, but I'm trying to find a, it's very unlikely that they'll, somebody will hire me as like a teacher and they'll mm-hmm. give you like an emergent, like the state will give you like an emergency teaching certificate. So I've been hunting down like a little bit further out schools that maybe don't aren't as attractive to go to. Um, so like I've looked at like Greenville, like maybe they wouldn't necessarily have like a, a mm. top notch social studies teacher. So they would maybe hire me. Interesting. Yeah. And not to disparage Greenville at all. Just like, you know what I mean? It's an example. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I've been looking there because like I sent an email today to a school like an hour north of town and I was like, Hey, if this position's still open, cause it's been open for like six months now, like maybe they're not finding anyone. So maybe they'd be willing to hire me. See, that's another thing I was thinking about is that like due to the coronavirus, 
aren't a lot of it's really impacting the teaching industry like aren't aren't a lot of teachers like terrified of going back to school for one maybe some of them are like changing careers entirely yeah that so so that's true i think a lot of them are retiring so there's like a this they people keep telling me there's a teaching shortage in michigan but michigan's a big place and there's other places in michigan that maybe are more hampered than like the you know the west michigan area okay so i'm not i haven't found that to be true in the sense that like there's a bunch of people that like a bunch of open teaching positions i imagine there's more like in detroit Mm, and that's what's yeah. leading them to say Michigan has a teaching shortage. But nonetheless, there are, I mean, it's it's probably an older demographic that yeah. are thinking about retiring. And it's like the nonsense of COVID is leading them to be like, you know what? Like, maybe this will be my last year. It, it'll fall into place, I think, how it should for you. Especially I hope so. in Grand Rapids because uh was talking with, he, he was the very first podcast <clears throat> on here, Kyle Whitaker. Uh, I can't remember if he was on the podcast before, but he was telling me that he had read an article on MLive. That basically the rate of growth that Grand Rapids has experienced, if that rate of growth continues uh, in like 15, 20, 25 years, we should be par in terms of population size uh, with Detroit. Really? Because more and more people are moving here and not many people are moving to Detroit. And for one, if global warming keeps kicking our butt like it does, people from the south are going to be coming up here too. And that'll just enhance the population of Michigan in itself, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's alternative methods. Like there's a decent number of students in like online courses nowadays. Um, but yeah, I'm banking on the the fact that like there probably will be a need. I think there will always be a need for teachers. Um, of course. What, so. what, what do you think about Zoom teaching? I was, I was, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I would like to do it in person. I mean, that would be my ideal situation, but I'm, I don't like, basically I'm facilitating online classes. Like as a substitute teacher, the teacher's gone that day, everything's online. Um, and so like they're watching a lesson online and then working with students around them. You're just a facilitator. Yeah, exactly. And I would like to have a little bit more like ability to like teach and explain things to them, but, um, Really like get to know your students and, and have them imprint on you. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although somebody asked me about, I was talking to a teacher that at Cedar Springs about this and he's like, like who was your like favorite teacher? And I was like, I guess I didn't really have one. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Really? He's like, you That's just, it's, he's like, it's like delayed. Well, no, I mean, he was just like, there's a lot of delayed gratification. Like you rarely get some student to come up to you like a year that year and be like, you really changed my life. Thanks so much. But like maybe a freshman that you see is just like a little twerp. And then by senior year, you're like, Oh, that kid really turned into like a, like a good, like a human. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, that's where you get the gratification from. Cool. Okay. Just kind of like knowing that you had an impact on, on this child's journey Mm -hmm. and, uh, becoming a a citizen, you know, outstanding citizen. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. I think that's a really, really, uh, it's very, very wholesome, um, I think so too. Industry that you want to get into, and you have a good reasoning for getting it, wanting to get into it too. I think know? so too. Well, it comes back, you know, I wanted to be a youth pastor, so like I kind of bank on that. I'm like, I've always loved kids, right? Like I wanted to be a youth pastor, so yeah. obviously, but I don't think that's true. I think I just use that as like, uh, that's convenient that I wanted to work with kids earlier in my life. But uh, fun, man. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I don't, I have no intentions of ever stopping this podcast. So maybe we do one a year from now. And you have a uh, a wonderful life update for everybody. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Um, I wanted to touch on this. You had quite the the marvelous body transformation. Oh yeah, didn't you? I did a bit. Yeah. So so tell me about that. G- give us uh or lay down the foundation. Sure. So I 
Um, I weighed like 285 pounds at my heaviest. And I like, you know what? This is funny that you asked, because this is a conversation that my buddy Zach Adams and I had, because he likes to run too. Um, and I'll, I'll come back around to that. But, okay. Um, so I'd always like, I always liked running though, despite the fact that I was like a bigger dude. So I started running and I lost like 40 pounds. And then after college, I was like, you know what? Like I should really, like I got into the podcasting. I got into like human, like the personal like growth and stuff. So I did the bulletproof diet for like a year and shed like another 30 pounds. What is the bulletproof diet? It's basically like keto with like a couple more restrictions, but have you not heard of it? Like Dave Asprey, you've never heard of it? I have. It's, it's your, you drink the butter coffee. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. I was a big butter coffee guy. Yeah. So, so uh, for, what is the keto diet for people that don't know? It's basically meat and vegetables. Only meat and vegetables. Yeah. And there's there's probably low carb. You can't have like apples though, right? Because they have carbs in them. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you really cut out like all carbs. And I did for a while. Now I don't. Like now, like if I'm trying to eat healthy for like a week, I'll Google like paleo recipes. Because okay. it's basically like a paleo diet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was pretty strict on it for a while. The keto flu, isn't that a thing? Did you ever experience that? I think I have now, like when I try and jump back on the keto train more so than I did back then. Really? I think so. Okay. So it, it's something where your body's just adjusting to the new diet where it, it starts to go into shock. That's right. And and you get super sick and pale and sweaty uh, for like a couple of days and then your body regulates. Right? I didn't get it like that. And I would honestly argue that like some of those symptoms are like the same symptoms as being in ketosis. So like your mouth is super dry. You're like oh. very alert. Oh really? Just yeah. wired. Oh yeah, for sure. And then you're like, fr- like you've in like the last 24 hours, all you've had is like coffee and butter. So <laughs> there's like, obviously that's working to your advantage, but I would say some of those symptoms are like indicative of being in ketosis. Like, What's the science behind the butter? Is it just cause it's high in fat? It just starts the metabolism on fat. Yeah. So like the way that it's explained in the book, I read like the Bulletproof book and basically it's saying like, your body is going to burn two different energy sources and it's going to flip. So if there's carbs to burn, they're going to burn carbs. But if there's no carbs left to burn, then it's going to burn fat. And if it's burning fat, it's not as going to like be as inclined to spend extra energy to be like, okay, we're going back to burning carbs. This is just what the book says. And I'm probably butchering how that explanation is. But anyway, so essentially like you're starting your day with fat. So your body's more likely to continue burning fat rather than like switching over to burning the carbs. And that makes sense in a nutshell. I think so. Yeah. So it worked for me like a charm. Did you have like a lot of avocados and nuts? Tons of avocados. My grocery bill got like ridiculously expensive. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can imagine, man. Yeah. Because I was also eating like grass fed beef a lot. But I mean, you reflect back on it, all the weight that you lost, it's absolutely worth the bill. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Right? Like how, what was the gratifying feeling? You know, how, how great did that feel? Felt pretty good, man. Like there was a time when I was like texting my buddies and I was like, I think I might have a six pack someday. <laughs> I didn't ever get one, No, but that's because I hate to like lift weights, including my own body weight, but never say never, man. I mean, some people, they, they hate weightlifting their whole lives and they get into it when they're 35. That's true. Some people get six packs when they're 45. Look at Jennifer Aniston, you know? Right. So, and now I really don't, that's not like what I'm worried about as much. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I want to like, I don't view it as like a great use of my time to like do the extra 10 hours in the gym to like mm. get ripped. Sure. So I'm like, okay, I'll just be like normal ish yeah. yeah, maintenance. Exactly. Maintenance. Yeah. But it's more, it's easier for me to do like a 10 day, like eat really healthy than it is for me to be like a 30 day, like do push ups every day. Fair enough. But yeah. I also like to run. So I'm also down to like go for a run three or four times a week. Do you still run? Three? Yeah, I do. Okay. How long do you run for? 
Uh, I can typically, I'll like crank out like a four mile run. I bought a dog. So my buddy Jensen moved to Detroit, or to Detroit, to Denver. And he was my running partner. We ran like five times a week. We were like freak <laughs> runners. We ran the Chicago marathon together. Oh, wow. Um, but he moved and I was like, I should get a dog so I can have a running partner. And my dog now will run with me like three and a half miles. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Is it on a leash? Yeah. Okay. I let him off the leash when we get, there's this dirt road that we run down and I'll let him off the leash. Yeah. He's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. He's a good guy. So are you a big marathon guy then? Like, do you like five K's and whatnot? Uh, I've done probably like six triathlons now. So that's what it started with. Whoa. I did, uh, there's a, my parents have a place on Boswick Lake and like for years and years and years, I was like, somebody's got it. There's a, there's a triathlon over 4th of July. And I was like, somebody's got to do this dang triathlon. So finally I did it. <laughs> um, cause none of my other brothers were even remotely interested. Um, and I did it that like one summer, probably like three years ago, maybe four years ago or something like that. Yeah. And then I, so I did the, like, it's called a sprint. So it's like a three mile run, a 12 mile bike ride and like a half mile swim. And then I was like, all right, let's do the next one. So then I did the Olympic later that summer. And that's, uh, like a 0.75 mile swim, a 25 mile bike, and then a 10 K. And then, uh, that following summer I did a half Ironman. Whoa. Yeah. A day, the day after a big race like that, how dead and shocked. I was feeling pretty dead. Your body. Yeah. Yeah. I was feeling pretty dead. Are are you just in bed the whole time? No, I was in bed pretty quickly after the, the half Ironman that like next day. But I think, I I mean, I was like a Saturday or Sunday, so I was probably at work the next day. I didn't like take work off or a little, a little more sore than you. Yeah. Sat down for, you know, for most of my interactions, but (laughs) wow. Yeah. But that, so that's been like a super rewarding thing. I love doing that. Yeah, man, that's, and that's a very, very healthy hobby too. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other triathlons or marathons on the horizon for you? I texted my buddy Jens who I run with and was like, Hey, we should do a marathon next summer. So perhaps I can't, I haven't been able to like get up. So, um, I've been running like three miles, but I've been needing to walk like a little bit hmm. and I blame my dog because like he likes to walk, but then like <laughs> I go up by, by myself and I still choose to walk. Ah, it's you thing. Yeah. It might yeah, be a me thing. That's a you thing. <laughs> so I ran five miles today though. Good but I had to walk. Feeling pretty good? Yeah, I feel great after I do it. Yeah. Do, um, do you experience the runner's high? Maybe. Yeah. I'm more productive. Like like uh, this week I've been I've been off work. So I'm like, I'm going to go for a run before I try and do anything productive. And it's been productive for me to do that. So do you, uh, do you wake up like super early in the morning? And no, you, that's no, no, the no. first thing you do? Okay. I did that when I was training for the half Ironman. But I like think back on that. And I'm like, holy cow, how did I do that? Like I'd hit the pool at like 545, like three times a week. Wow. But I don't know if I could do that anymore. Like it's way easier to just be casual about it. Yeah, for sure. Don't kill yourself if you don't need to. Well, yeah. Like, especially now it's like I could either run when it's 30 degrees out and cold or like wait till four in the afternoon and it's sunny and 40. So what am I? Right. What am I going to do? Right. Why would you run in the morning? But of course, you know, let's say a teaching job falls into your lap. You'll probably have to rearrange priorities. No, dude, that'll be prime. I'll be done with school by like 3.30, hit a run by like 4. Hit a a run in Cedar Springs? Yeah. Yeah, across all the Trump signs? Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. There you go. Yeah. So, no, that's like a, that's like a perk about it. I'm like, oh, I could have some, I could have some like good exercise time, like right in the middle of the day. Cause there's nothing worse than running in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. So other than running, uh, and marathons and triathlons, uh, what other hobbies uh, do you have and, and where, how else do you allocate your free time? Yeah. I love to cook. Okay. Kinda got, I've always been into cooking and then like, obviously with the, with the bulletproof diet, you're like forced to cook everything. Um, but I've like, yeah, so I still like to like look up new recipes and do stuff like that. 
uh, love to read. Um, do you have a book recommendation? I've got tons. What do you want to read about? I guess for starters, uh, what, what book are you reading right now? So I just started, I, I like to do a couple of books at a time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I didn't normally. Um, but I'm I, funny. Yeah. So the best book I've ever read is called, uh, the code of the extraordinary mind. I'm writing that down. What's this about? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like a personal, it's like a self-help book, but it's great. So it's by a guy named Vishen Lakhiani. He created the, oh, are we, is that me? No, we're good. Cool. <laughs> um, he created a, an organization called Mind Valley. Mind Valley. Yeah. But it, basically his book is just like, um, I don't know. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a big like promoter of humanity. Right. So like sure. there are no board, like borders are just lines drawn in the sand type of guy. Um, but he like challenges on so many things. Um, so that was a really influential book. And now I'm currently reading his book called the Buddha and the Badass, coincidentally. Um, Ooh. yeah. So that one is, it's more business minded, which like a year ago I would have appreciated. So I'm trying to glean something from it, despite the fact that it's like all about how to make a better work environment, at least so far. Well, it's funny how like certain types of books are like the right medicine that you need in your life. Mm -hmm. And then other times, you know, it's, it's not the right medicine, right? You know, like this, the self-help and, uh, productivity books. I devoured those in right. college. I can't do them right now. I, really? I, I really want nonfiction. Really? I'm sorry. I, I want fiction right now. So I force myself to read fiction. So I'm also reading a book called, um, I can't even think of the name of it. Uh, I'll, it'll come to me. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's a science fiction book. Um, cause I got a couple of friends who like love science fiction, but I'm of the mindset that like, there's so much crap to learn about real life. Why am I reading a book about science fiction? And on top of that, I tried to read the book Dune. Have you ever tried to read the book Dune? No. Do you even know what it is? I don't. It's like the most infamous science fiction book. You want to know what it's about? What? A guy who loves a girl and he's chasing her around. It just happens to be on like the planet Zorgon instead of like in Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's the same story. Right. So they, it's just like with more complicated names yeah. and they can do something magical. Yeah, yeah. But this, the premise is always the same. Like even Star Wars. It's like it's about a guy who's like disgruntled, loves a girl, can't have her. Right. And like ruins the world. You know what? Let, let me uh, let me retrace. I do want to echo your sentiment, actually, that nonfiction books, I, I do get more value out of those. Right. So I read fiction if I really just want to relax and shut off my brain. Sure. And not trying to learn. Yep. But I'd say 80% of the time it's nonfiction. I'm reading one right now. It's called The Lost City of the Monkey God. Interesting. Yeah. And it's about uh, these travelers all the way from the late 1800s all the way up until modern day about this infamous city of the monkey god in the Honduras that nobody could find except for one guy who found it, transcribed it, wrote about it, and then he died. Sweet. And uh, through... I mean, I'm only a few chapters in, but they're going to find it eventually. My parents of read course. it. They recommended it. So nice. I'll give you updates, but anywho. So yeah. So previously I've, cr I've been crushing the reading game though in COVID. Good. And so the other great, so my parents were big readers. I, I credit that a lot. Um, but my wife is like, like our, when we're at our best, we like jump in bed and read for an hour. Oh, and we've been on a, man. we've been on like a grind like that for a while. We brought the TV into the bedroom for COVID. Uh -huh. We're like, we'll take this out when COVID's done. And then after a month, I was like, we got to get this damn TV out of our bedroom. Yeah. It's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did that and then we were kind of back on the reading train, but I read, um, I've read a couple of good, like political books. So one was about Nicaragua, which is very interesting. Okay. I find that I really appreciate like journalists who go and then write a book. Why? Because they're good at telling a story. So like I was reading this book about Nicaragua and I'm like, this is like, it's reads like a fiction book. 
Like it pulls you into the next page. You know, some nonfiction, it's like, this is so boring. It's probably their writing style. Right. How they're able to frame a story. Exactly. Exactly. Know? Exactly. So he, I read, that was a really good book. It's called The, um, the Blood of Our Brothers, I think. Okay. And then, uh, but then I've also been, I, I listened to two pretty, uh, pretty liberal um, podcasts. Uh, so a guy named Ezra Klein is a co-founder of Vox. I know that name. Yeah, you might, you probably do. Why do I know that name? I mean, he's all over, like he's all over, he's like a big time. He's a podcast guy. Yeah. 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 So he's got the Ezra Klein show, but he wrote a book called why we're polarized. So that's a very interesting book. I bought that and read that over, um, over, uh, quarantine, but then his co-founder of Vox media, uh, the guy's name is Matt Iglesias and he wrote a book called, uh, 1 billion Americans. And I freaking love everything that guy has to say. Okay. Cause he is <laughs> super progressive, but he's not, um, he's not ignorant. He's not like, uh, he's just not ignorant till like the reality of the other half of the country. Sure. You know, so like he talks about how like it'd be better if America had a billion Americans. Um, but he's like, because we should be the best country in the world. You know what I mean? And I think like there's this like um, like that that maybe rubs people the wrong way kind of in progressive circles. Like, no, we've been the best for a long time and we've done a bad job. So we should like reflect on that and maybe like step back. Whereas he's like, no, no, no. America needs to be the best. We've been the best for a long time. And like there's something good about Americans thinking that we're the best, but we just need more people. We, we Really? Yeah. Wow. So I love what he says. Quite the perspective. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's radical. I'll, sh- I will, I will <laughs> happily give the book to anyone who's willing to read it. What's it called again? I'm One gonna... billion Americans. One billion Americans. That's a good book. So, okay. On the topic of books, if you had to give one book recommendation, just one that you can think of that, that the people have got to read, what mm. would that be? I mean, I've, I, I really appreciate the code of the extraordinary mind. I think I own okay. two copies. Boom. There it is. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's a great book. I'll have to check it out, man. It'll launch into a lot of other good thinking. Yeah. But Reading is a, have you always been a big reader? N- not totally. Sometimes. Did your wife get you into it more? No, I, I really think that. Um, I really think it was like just watching like any time my I was like my dad was home he was reading a book, but he only reads like John Grisham novels. Okay, I don't know who John Grisham is. I like, should. He I like should writes know. like oh yeah yeah, but he writes like uh, lawyer books. Like have you ever seen the movie The Lincoln Lawyer with like Matthew McConaughey? That's a John Grisham book. Okay. Yeah. Got, oh, okay, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. American stories. Right. Right. Of uh about attorneys who like you know businessmen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like somebody's murdered and we got to figure like get to the bottom of this. Right. Right. Um, so I would give him a lot of credit. I guess I did read like throughout my life like um like I've always read Rob, like I've read every Rob Bell book. Like I used to read a lot of religious books. Okay. Um, so yeah, I suppose I've always been into it. That's good, man. It's, yeah. d- devouring books is like one of the best things you could possibly. Oh my do. gosh, dude, there's nothing more satisfying than finishing it. And it's it's a dying it's a dying art right, right now in a sense. Well, because my my brother in law is very progressive, so him and I go back and forth a lot because he's very politically minded as well. Um, but he only does audiobooks, and I'm like, there's I feel like Can't there's got to be something different. I, I can if, if I'm driving. Uh, and if it's a certain topic, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. So like I've done that, like when I was running, when I was doing like a ton of running, like I, I, I listened to, a, um, you know, what's a great book. What? <laughs> Bill O'Reilly wrote killing Kennedy. 
He wrote Killing Every I, Famous I'm, Person. I'm ever. reading. Uh, so you're reading multiple books right now. I've got yeah. The Lost City, The Monkey God, and then Killing Crazy Horse. Okay. Uh, have you read that one? Uh, no, but I've listened to it, and Bill O'Reilly read it, and it was good. Yeah, no, he is a phenomenal author. I yeah. have no idea. He's yeah. a great writer. I mean, he can have some very radical views. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know what he's doing anymore with his life, but... <laughs> he's, he's done, isn't he? I think so. I think he's yeah. been in for a while. Yeah. No, he's very successful. He's a great author. Yeah. yeah. Killing yeah. Kennedy, he did Killing Jesus. Yep. Uh, who else has he killed? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was a good yeah. book. and I, So I listened to two books on uh, audiobooks about JFK. Good. Yeah. Good, man. Yeah. But I got thrift books. If you're not buying your books on thrift books, you're doing it wrong. Is that But also, website? if you don't have a Grand Rapids Public Library uh, library card, you're definitely doing it wrong. I just moved here. I should get one. You need to get one. I it's a great should. place. Yeah. I love to go to the library. And people are always like, well, you got to buy them. Like, I want to have a big library. It's like, I got the biggest library ever. Yeah. It's called the public library. Like, right. I can get any book. What's the difference between me own, like holding it at my house or their house? It's my book. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Some people like owning books. I think some books you should buy because you'll want to reread. Maybe. Also like... But I guess what? Guess how many times I've checked out the Bulletproof Diet from the library? Like nine. Really? I've got it at my house right now, sitting, collecting dust on my like nightstand. <laughs> so it's like, I get that, but it's yeah. like, eh, it's... The li- that library is my library. Yeah. yeah. But it's also your library. Right. It's uh, it's it's a... It's basically a decentralized place for the for the world in a way, you know. Right. That's very centralized, but um, so other than books, man. So that that's awesome that you're uh, such an astute reader, and and that's a huge passion. Maybe not astute, but also I was gonna I was thinking if you're gonna ask me about this, I did want to say some people are like big into reading fast. I like to read slow. Do you oh, read yeah. slow or fast? Medium. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, like man. I read the words out loud in my brain. Oh, yeah, I do too. But like I've been to- like good readers will like go faster than that. Well, it's, it's a skill. You get better. I know, but at, what's at the reading. point of listening to a story if you're going to listen to it at like one and a half speed? Well, not just listening, but people that read, they can comprehend quicker as they read more frequently. I have not found that to be true in my own existence. I I know it's true in my sister. Okay. Because I remember watching her grow up. She used to read books very, very slowly. But was she reading slow and now she's at like a normal pace? I'd say she's pretty darn quick. Okay. Even if we're we're watching something on TV... And let's say a movie's on TV and right. it's, it's a movie based off a real story, yep. you know, something that actually happened and at the end. They'll always have footnotes like so-and-so sure. died here, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And sometimes those footnotes will be really quick, you know, yep. my sister, she'll, she'll go, Oh wow. Like yeah. five seconds before yeah, me, my mom and my dad. So she's just a really quick reader. There was a girl in my class that I like had to sit next to and share. I was like sharing a textbook and it was like humiliating how fast she, she was like, <laughs> are you done yet? I'm like, I'm literally on like the left page right now. Yeah. And she's ready to move on to the next full page. Right. Nice. But anyway. Um, so other than, uh, than books though, uh, are you a TV slash TV show slash movie guy? Not, not enormously. Not enormously. Not enormously. Not okay. really. Yeah. Um, I, I typically blow off most TV and movie recommendations I get. Really? Yeah. So do you and Lisa ever co- cozy up and, and like what, crush a documentary? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So that's kind of my, I, I would prefer to do something at least like relatively historical. Okay. Like I like to learn. Is there anything recently that you've seen that you'd like to recommend? Uh, Lisa and I watched the Chicago seven. I heard that was excellent. Dude. Great movie. Good. Great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good movie. Um, we watched the movie, the King. I don't know that. Um, yeah, I was, we were just like kind of cruising through cause obviously COVID has changed. Wait, is it a young kid who's a King? 
Uh, yeah. He's like 13, like super young, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's like, uh, like gladiator ish, like Very, 1500s. Yes. yes yeah, yes, dude, it's yes. a great movie. Fur coats. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Um, so I, I liked that movie a lot. I recommended that movie, but I, I guess I do one, one place I do just obsess is I love every Quentin Tarantino movie of all time. And oh, they're me too. excellent. What's your favorite one? Pulp Fiction. Easily. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Easily. I watch it quarterly probably. And I <laughs> only do it when I'm alone. Why do you, that's, I think, man, this is, that's my least favorite one. Are you serious? Probably. Dude, they're all good. So that's fine. But Pulp <laughs> Fiction is so good. It's brilliant. <laughs> It's, it's brilliant. I watched it for Samuel L. Jackson, you know, just because I love him. Yeah, uh, but you got to watch it for everything else. I mean, it's just like the way that it just cuts and fricks your mind up. It's so good. It, it does, man. I used to love movies. I used to have a, like a hundred DVD collection that I alphabetized. What an archaic sentence that'll be in 10 years. I know. Well, I've got them all in my basement. They literally, we don't even have a DVD player or a laptop to put them in. Yeah. We can't, there's not a method to watch a DVD. <laughs> right. There's not anymore. Right. So yeah, we do that. We watched, uh, but like up until quarantine, we really weren't doing much. We watched, we caught up on stranger fiction, which is great. Strange, right? Stranger things. Stranger things. Ah, stranger yes, things. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, we watched that and that was very good. Um, we watched Great British Baking Show or whatever. Great British Bake Off. Nice. You don't watch that? Uh, I've seen an episode here. There. It's great. It, it is. It's nice. It, it's it's the judges are hilarious. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, we probably watch more TV than I. I. I I've been big on Meat Eater. So we were talking earlier about hunting, but Steve Rinella, who's a Joe Rogan guy. Okay. Uh, he's got a show on Netflix and it's a hunting show and it's been great. I watched so much of it. There's a show I think you might like if you're, if you're into that types of sure. rustic outdoorsy-ness, <laughs> Yep. Uh, it's called Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa and I watched it in 24 hours. There's six seasons. Uh, only ones on Netflix. Oh, so you saw the most recent one then. Oh, wait, were they in, uh, Northern Canada? Yeah. Great Slave Lake. Yeah. The guy killed the moose. Yeah. Dude, amazing show. Great show. I Super wish that addicting. they, I wish that they, um, well, our circumstances were unique in that we started it on Wednesday, on a Wednesday, and we watched like four episodes. And then the next day we were told we needed to quarantine. Oh. So literally like we came home early from work and by like four o'clock we were sitting there and we just crushed the rest of it. Good. Why not? But they needed to do like an interview. You know what I mean? He was on Joe Rogan. Was he? You should listen to it. I wonder if I've listened to it by accident. I don't, maybe you might've dude. It is a fascinating listen. Yeah, I bet. I'd love to hear because even like the guys, even like some of the other dudes that didn't make it that far. It's like, it's worth knowing what you're up to. Right. You know what I mean? Anybody. So just people who are probably going to be listening to this are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? So this shown just for context, uh, they take 10 contestants who are survivalists and they drop them off all separately in the middle of northern Canada, and each person can bring 10 items that they want to survive with. Um, the only weapon you can bring is a bow. Most people, of course, bring a sleeping bag, but they build their own shelters, yep. they catch their own food, they forge for their own berries, and whoever survives the longest gets $500,000. And That's people, right. they tap out. They have walkie-talkies and radios, and they tap out for uh, a multitude of different reasons. They might catch a virus from eating some a bad muskrat or something. There was a woman who couldn't poop. Yeah. You know, um, most people starve or they get, they miss their families. It is just, it is a show of survival. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's awesome. It was a great show though. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what I like. There was a book, I want to say his name is Andy Andrews. He's a children's author. Yeah. And he wrote a book called like Lost in the Woods. Ooh. He wrote a bunch of books, but it was so good. This kid got lost for like 36 hours and I was like, I'm determined to go get lost. <laughs> but I've got soft hands, so I'm not really outdoorsy. Lisa and I'll be like, let's go camping. And then we're like, You'll be out screwed. There, we're like, why do we want to go camping? We hate camping. Really? We love it. Like we love the idea of it, but we're not as outdoorsy as we you guys would like it probably if you had the right equipment and tools and maybe people cooking your own food and setting up your shelter and whatnot yeah for sure but that's not like camping but i do have a lot of that stuff like i bought like a good sleeping bag and like i thought i was gonna get into rock climbing when i was 280 pounds like i bought rock climbing shoes i made it like literally i went to a wall one time and was like this is not for me (laughs) this is not for me yeah so that's funny i wish i was but i have the the utmost respect for people who do that Yeah, yeah for sure um, uh, cool, man. So that's, you, you do have a pretty extensive movie list of recommendations. I suppose cool. so. <laughs> yeah. And books. That's great. Uh, what about music? Is there, is there like an artist that you've been kind of, uh, listening to lately on these runs that you're going to or on the drives? No, I only do podcasts when I run. Really? Yeah. So you're not a big music listener. I do a little bit, but I rely primarily on my older brother, Danny to pick music. He does a good job. I showed you that Nick, uh, Nick Shoulders song. Oh, my Yodelin song. I might throw that sh- that song in this episode because yeah. it's so fun. It's a great song. And he showed me that. So he shows me a lot of the music that I listen to. Um, I love to like DJ at a party. Mm-hmm. Like I like to be in control of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just playing throwbacks at this point. Nothing new. Nothing sure. creative. Is there a genre that you... I like them all. You like them all? I like country a lot, which is kind of shameful, but... No, it's not. I love, love country. country. Country's amazing. Yeah. 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 So basically I've been listening to Nick Shoulders, Morgan Wallen and podcasts. Okay. Good, man. So on the, on the topic of podcasts then, uh, what do you, what do you like? What do you listen to? Yeah. I like, uh, so I listen to Joe and I listen to the Ezra Klein show mm-hmm. and I listen to the weeds, which is Matt Iglesias's podcast. He wrote a billion Americans. Okay. And I occasionally listen to Vision's podcast, Vision Lakiani, who wrote The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. I'll listen to him occasionally. His are kind of like, again, they're like a lot about work. Yeah. It's like, I'm out of that. I'm out of that game. Right. I'm hanging out with kids now. So I do that and let's see, what else? Have you switched over to um, to uh, Spotify for Joe Rogan yet? Did he switch? Well, because he got that big deal. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, so at uh, after I think like December first, they'll they won't be on Apple Podcasts anymore. Really? I yeah. mean, I'll I'll be forced. To. I have Spotify Premium, so it's very well. I've been practicing. I've been forcing myself to go to Spotify to listen to his stuff, but I have never watched the videos. I think you recommended that you watch the videos, right? Yeah. I'd never done that. And now I have occasionally, I do like it. I like his old videos in the old studio. The new studio is, it's too uncomfortable. I've been, t- I, he's mentioned that, but I didn't start until that point. So it's no, I, I know nothing different. That's good then. That's good. Right. Yeah. But no, I, I think the videos are great just cause you can you know, put the facial expressions with the tonality right. in, the, in the conversation. Do you listen to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I don't even listen to his podcast. I listen to his 10 minute monologue before it starts. And then I'm like, I don't need to listen anymore. Really? It's so freaking hilarious, dude. <laughs> yeah, I like Conan. It's perfect. He, he's always been great, man. He's amazing. So yeah. he cracks me up. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Conversations with Tyler. You know that one? I don't. He's a economics professor at George Mason University. Oh. And he does good podcasts, talks about, um, he's the most unique individual on the planet. Yeah. Literally like his podcast, like let's say we, there's no like, and we're live. It's like, all right, 
we are talking to this person and what do you think about China? Just dive in. Yeah, it just goes right into it. And then he's like, and then it'll, I should do that. Yeah, dude, it's weird. I mean, he is just a unique dude. And um, one of the most brilliant questions he asked something like, um, what's your favorite Asian country to this person? And the person's like, I guess I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. It's like, well, you must have a favorite, uh, favorite country. And he's like, well, I don't know. What's your favorite GPS coordinates? And I was like, what a brilliant response to that question. Like, what's your you favorite? must. Yeah, like you must have a favorite location, but like, no, who's ever thought about that? Like, who's ever thought, like, what's your favorite GPS coordinate? What's yours? I don't know. Whatever the GPS coordinates of Boswick Lake are, probably. Well, okay, so so that's domestic. You love Boswick Lake. Love Boswick Lake. What about country? So you've been to quite a few. Outside yeah, Lisa of and I went to Germany, and I loved going to Berlin. Yeah, that was amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's goofy. You should definitely listen to him. I'll send you a really good one. He interviewed the, uh, some secretary of Taiwan, some like high level government official in Taiwan. Yeah. It was such a refreshing podcast to listen to about a political state in the midst of our chaotic political state. Interesting. It was so good. So, so what's this one called? Because, man, I'm, I'm right. Conversations with Tyler. Conversations with Tyler. Yeah, I'd be fascinated for that. I'll occasionally listen to, um, oh, you know what? A couple other, the President's Inbox I'll listen to. That's the Council on Foreign Relations. So that one's not necessarily for everyone, but I listen to that one. They're like 20 minutes. Do you like short podcasts? I prefer short, actually. Really? Now that, Joe. now that I've listened to Joe, it's like, what a, What could you possibly accomplish in 26 minutes? Well, the thing is like... I, I find myself driving from time to time only in 15 to 25 minute bursts. I know, but you're not learning enough about the topic. Absolutely. Yes, you are. Okay. Yeah. So I listen to the president's inbox occasionally and then, um, but sometimes I'll get into like, uh, like I've got the great war podcast. So like sometimes I'll get real deep into the, uh, like world war one. And then I've also been listening to, uh, a teacher's history of America. You really like to feed your brain, don't you? Oh yeah, dude. I only, I'm not, I've listened to, um, have you listened to, Crime Town? No. Those are great podcasts. Yeah. But I guess those are historical too. But they're like journalists <laughs> talking about, like they did Detroit like, and then they did uh, like someplace in Rhode Island. Very interesting podcast. So but is it just basically about crime and yeah, these just like corrupt cities? Per, corrupt mayors and stuff ah, like that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy, man. And I listen to Business Casual. You listen to Morning Brews podcast? Uh, I've, I've been, it's been recommended to me before I get their email yeah. every morning. Do you read it? I do. Yeah, yeah. I read it almost every morning. I do too, actually. Yeah. I think it's, it's a good quick three minute, you know. Them and Donald Trump have literally revolutionized the way that I write. Why? It's so clever. Both of them are so it, clever. It is. It's, it's fun to consume. Yeah. You know? And Trump does it too. Like with the capital letters, like at least once a day, I send a word in all caps. Sad. And no one did that, right? Yeah. But not even true. sad. No, 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 that, that's yeah, a word has, he that's said. Him. That's him. That's him. Would love to say for sure. But yeah. like, I'll like, it is, he is a brilliant writer. Like some of his, some of the advertisements, even though I don't like the guy one bit, I'm like, he thought of that one. That is so clever. Only Donald Trump could have thought of to be that conniving, clever and get his point across in 13 seconds or whatever the commercial time is. Yes. Well, dude, there are, uh, there are linguists linguists out there that have done structural breakdowns of Trump's sentences that come out of his mouth and also his writing style. Uh, and it's shown like how he writes so simply, but so powerfully and speaks the same way 
that he's able to like amass this huge audience that right. are able to grab onto his words. Oh yeah, and really, really carry off with this. So like, oh yeah, I don't know how he has he always been like this. I have no idea. You know, has he gotten? Better I hate over him time? for it, but it's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. It yeah. is, man. He, he is a he's the the most stupid, brilliant orator. Yeah, I've ever yeah you know observed in my life. Yeah. So. Um, wow, good stuff, man. You've got a lot, a lot of good recommendations. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. What's your favorite Joe Rogan podcast? My favorite episode. Yeah, like what's one that stands out? Hmm. There are two. One is, oh no, why can't I remember? Paul Stamets. Okay, I don't know it. So he is a mushroom farmer in Oregon. Uh, not psychedelic mushrooms. Okay, but like mushroom mushrooms. Got it. Like. Uh, cordyceps and turkey tail sure and whatnot lion's mane lion's mane reishi and he has formulated a lot of supplements uh around mushrooms that um have cured a lot of diseases in people interesting he has given ted talks about how he has clinically under medical supervision cured breast cancer for like dozens of women only with mushroom supplements really yeah and uh mushrooms if you didn't know you can, there's a certain type of mushroom that you can take hot coals from a fire, okay. put it in the, this big mushroom, wrap up the mushroom, and then you can transport it hundreds of thousands of miles. And that's what people in the nomad days would do. That's how they transported fire. Interesting. Mushroom. So he was like breaking down all these different mushrooms. How I have yeah. so many benefits. We don't even realize he's like, this is like the foundation of us getting healthier as a society. So yeah. that's one you should check out. Cool. The other one is Wim Hof. You've probably heard of him. He's the ice man. Maybe. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this guy, I'll I'll try and make this quick too. He is uh he holds the most world records for time submerged under ice. He's hiked Mount Everest bare, yep, I've listened. barefooted yep, yep, before. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um I love those things. He's a superhuman, but the, and here's the most amazing thing about him. He can ward off and fend off any bacteria or virus through deep breathing and cold therapy. And people and uh, medical professionals are like, oh, no, no, no. Um, this is only you. You know, other people can't do this. But what he did is he took 15 of his students in a laboratory setting. They injected all 15 of these students with a virus. And through his deep breathing technique, they all warded off the virus. Really? They had a control group. Control group all got sick, of course. Yeah. Fascinating. That is crazy. Yeah, man. That is crazy. What about you? I, you know what? I don't think it's my favorite, but it's one I've gone back to and enjoyed again because of the things he's done. Um, but I think his name is Jesse Eisner. Okay. He's the owner of the Atlanta Hawks, oh. but he went and he lived with the monks and wrote a book called living with the monks, but he also lived with David Goggins for a month. Oh, okay. And uh, wrote, a book, he wrote a book called uh, living with the seals or living with a seal. So his is really good. Um, I like, I just re-listened to that one. Okay. Um, but I like so many of them. Nice, man. I have to, I spend so much time defending Joe Rogan. I He has such a taboo connotation about him to some people. I know, but like, I hate it. I don't think he's the most right. Don't get me wrong when I say he's what not. I want to say. He is the most honest person in society. Not, not the most accurate, not the most right, just the most honest. Yeah. Like he's willing to admit when he's wrong. He's willing to like listen... And he, he's doing what I think so many people claim we need to do, but don't actually do where it's like you're greet, you're meeting people with the assumption of good rather than like the assumption of bad. He goes into everything with zero expectation. He has no yeah. ego, essentially. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he has no ego. Yeah. You know, and he's getting better at becoming like an interviewer. Did you listen to Kanye? 
I did not know. I just listened to it. And like, he tried to be like, like Lester. I don't know what, like, like, uh, freaking, I don't know. What's the guy's name? He would try to be like a reporter though. He tried to be like, so tell me like, what would you do in this instance? And I was like, you know what, Joe, thank you for trying to like give Kanye West, like a, <laughs> not actually because I don't, I can't take him seriously, but like yeah, he yeah. tried to get to the bottom of like what he was thinking about. No, that's interesting. I should check it out. Yeah. It was, it was all right. He, what I find is that like most conversations, he approaches them, um, with one, no expectations yep. and he, and he's very genuinely curious. You know? Yeah. I mean, my biggest problem with it is like you, he could have a Republican on, like he could have Ben Shapiro on today and then like, like some progressive person on tomorrow. Bernie. Yeah. Bernie tomorrow. And he agrees with both of them. It's like, Joe, you can't agree with both of them on everything. Yeah. That's the one thing I have a bit of a dilemma with. No, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's not perfect by any means, but he he is for sure the most renowned interviewer of our modern day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah, he'll be in history books, I would imagine. Just yeah. like he's revolutionizing this entire industry. Right. So He's a good guy, though. Yeah, I'd like to meet him someday. Me That'd too. Be cool. <laughs> this is my preparation for his podcast. I'm going to go on Ezra Klein's podcast in the weeds, too, probably. Dude, you could get on any podcast and crush it. Man. I don't think I... Well, maybe I could if I could, but I don't think that I can. But well, we're working on it. You got to be world class in something. I know. I got to write a book or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, some discovery. Right. Go find the lost city of the monkey god. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get into the, some fun questions? Sure. All right, man. Got a few prepared. Maybe more will uh will will come up. Cool. But so this is one that I I ask most people, and and you probably have heard it since you said you listened to Cody's. Yes. Dance. Um, if you had a uh, a dinner guest, dead or alive, who would it be, and why? If you had one person you could have dinner with, huh? I should have I should have uh, prepared for these, but my inclination. And I'll have you edit this out, but Joe Rogan would be my first choice. I love him. <laughs> Literally, I do love him. It's okay, man. But you know who else I love? Who? And he's the most, I think the most underrated power grabber of all time, but I've got a book coming from him from Thrift Books right now. Who? President William Howard Taft. The man who got stuck in the bathtub. Yeah, you're right. What? Why? Uh, because think about Amy Coney Barrett right now. Okay. How much are people freaking out about her? A lot. On a scale of one to 10, like a 10? And why? Maybe like a seven. Okay. I'd say a nine in my crowd. Sure. And why? Uh, People are saying that she's not qualified. They're going to dominate the the They're afraid that she's going to be in that position making big decisions for the next 40 years of her life. Oh, right. It's it's a life seat. Yes. William Howard Taft was the president of the United States and then shortly thereafter was appointed Supreme Court Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Literally, that dude knew how to like freaking grab some power, and nobody ever talks about that. Wow! Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. He got to be the president, and not only a Supreme Court justice. Literally, he was the guy who decide. Like he was the head of the Supreme Court. How long was he the head of the Supreme Court? I don't know. I'll find probably find what out. What year in that was book. this? Like nineteen eighteen? Uh, no. I think he was president in nineteen twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Okay. But also, you know what else I love him for? He was the greatest trust buster in the entire like in the history of America and he was a republican what is that he would he broke up the big banks and that is literally what i think is the problem of our time is all these big tech companies right and who would think uh, that it would be a republican who would be the guy who would be like no there's a there's a point when this private industry thing has gotten too powerful 
Yeah, and isn't that something that the Democratic platform is aiming to do? To yeah. break them up a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Republicans do too, but I just think Trump like has a chip on his shoulder for some of the people, but yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know that he does not like Twitter and Facebook. And they right. Don't, they don't like him. Right. Um, but for instance, it, did you hear about Google's antitrust lawsuit? That right, yeah, that's exactly, literally that's like a relic of William Howard Trent. William Howard Taft. Fascinating. Yeah. How long? I can't remember if I just asked you this, but how long was he in that seat? So I don't know. He I don't know about that. He was president for four years, yep. and then he was the guy like Teddy Roosevelt with the Bull Moose Party. Okay. He Teddy Roosevelt came back and was like, <laughs> I don't like Howard Taft anymore. So he split the vote. Yeah. So maybe I'll have to look. Where, up where did you uh, devour this information? Where did you get it from? About Wikipedia. Was it a, oh, okay. <laughs> I just didn't know if it was a book or podcast. No, dude. I mean, I I've, listen I've listened to, to, so there's a great podcast that I listened to in 2016 and the, like, as the election got closer, they did right. like all the presidents, but I've always loved William Howard Taft because I used to want to go to law school. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'll learn about the Supreme Court. And I thought that William Howard Taft was crazy that he was got to be president. And then he was like, but the job he really wanted was to be in the Supreme Court. And like, that's pretty impressive. That's, that like, that's, that's a, yeah, you set your target on like... <laughs> A very exclusive job, and you managed to swing it. Wow. Yeah, he must have been very, very persuasive. Uh, he must have been. Any president's got to be ridiculously persuasive. But So he was Teddy Roosevelt's hand-picked successor. So okay. he didn't even want it. His wife wanted him to be president. His wife always wanted to be married to a pre- United States president. Really? Yeah. Shoot, shoot high, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, shoot for the stars. But also, I think to my public administration degree, he was just an administrator. Like, he was like a boring dude. You know, you got to be pretty boring to go and, like, try and break <laughs> up the big banks, right? Fair. Yeah, so. but ne- needed to be done. I, I think that that needs to be done today, in a sense, too. Yeah, well, know? and that's the big thing. Like, how do you, how do you take the convenience of Facebook with, like how do you make that five companies, right? Like five individual entities. Right. Because the beauty of it is that everyone's on the same single platform. Right. And and also like the infrastructure of our society is, is not set up to, we live in a capitalistic society. Like right. it, that promotes a company growing to be as big as it possibly can become. Exactly. You know, Amazon, Facebook, yep. like that's, that's capitalism. Right. Yeah. Right. But well, we could get into a debate on whether it is or isn't, you know. Fair, fair. Remember. Just because, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, you're right. The the premise is correct. The They are growing a business. Mm-hmm. They might get a lot of government handouts that, like, we don't actually recognize right. as such. But, yes, they have done a good job of what they've done. So how do you how do you mitigate the, like, being overly powerful? Or do you just get rid of the U.S. Postal Service and like let Amazon do it? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I wish I had the answer. Right. I, I think that in the next four to eight years, we're going to see a lot of revolutionary change, uh, especially as it pertains to like government entities, the Post Service, for example. Sure. You know, it, it, it'll be a very interesting time that we're we're going to be in, especially for kids growing up too. Yeah, you know? I agree. Imagine growing up, uh, uh, without a phone. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, let me take that back. We did grow up without phones. Our class, like we're 27 years old. I don't know if right. you're 28 yet, but we got we had phones when we were like 13. Right. Right. Most kids these days, they're getting them when they're six. Yeah. You know, they, they don't like what can you do but give them them. Right. Yeah. We remember a time before technology. Right. Like how, how did you figure out where all your friends were in the neighborhood? Is where all their bikes were parked outside right. of that person's house. Right. Today, kids don't have that. Right. You know, even in my neighborhood today, I see a lot less kids riding their bikes around and playing outside. 
it's kind of scary yeah. in a way, you know? Yeah. You know what though? I actually like, I'm a huge proponent of my brother's generation. My younger brother, every one of his friends are the people I interact with. People like six years younger than us, like the Gen Z, like that first group of Gen Zers. Yeah. I'm like, when I'm 50, I'll probably choose you over one of my peers as like our, our leader. I mean, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how it is that like, and maybe it's just a very small like selection that I'm interacting with. Yeah. But for some reason, I just have like a great appreciation for like people just like five to 10 years younger than us. I feel like they've got it figured out in a way that we didn't. So they do. Uh, they're, they're very technologically quick. Yeah. And and they pick up on things a lot quicker in my opinion. But I think they're more level-headed. I'm not sold on that. Okay. Yet. I think Prove that your, yeah, I'm happy to be proved wrong. Well, I've I've read studies that they're growing up with less social interaction and okay. so they have higher rates of depression and anxiety and they don't have soft skills. Like soft skills in terms of sitting in a room with somebody doing a podcast for an hour and a half, that would really? freak the heck out of them because they have most of their time buried their nose into a screen yeah you know and they have zoom class they're, they're not getting that face-to-face interaction that we're so accustomed to okay so okay maybe i'm yeah i could be totally wrong but i just every time i interact with like my younger i'm like gosh dude i wish i was as level-headed as you are well maybe he could be an anomaly man or, or maybe his friends but his are buddies too. are too it could be a grand rapids thing perhaps you know we're in a bubble yeah so maybe <laughs> but anyway yeah for some reason i'm like i like you guys i like <laughs> yeah. you guys like, let's so, hang out more in 10 yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, dinner guest, that was a great answer. Yeah, that was a long one. No, it's okay. No biggie. Um, but it's Howard, William Howard Taft for sure, over Joe even. I like William Howard Taft. I, I should read some more about him. You and my dad would get along well because he's got a lot of uh, deep history on, on knowledge about the presidents hmm. in the U.S. I like learning about that stuff. Do you have another favorite president? Uh, I like JFK. Yeah? Yeah, his story is interesting. He's, yeah. He had, he was he was doing some shady stuff, but let's be honest, they all were, right? Every president is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, like Zachary Tyler and I share a birthday. Okay. Yeah, but he was in he he died in office like two months after he got into office. Oh, just real quick. Yeah, he was like, probably why the name's like, not ringing a bell for yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so vacations. Um, I guess this will be a two-parted question for you. Uh, what are we at? Hour and twenty-four minutes. Ah, we're flowing. We're, we're good. cruising. We're cruising. Is there a vacation, one that sticks out in your mind that you loved? And two, is there one that you're looking forward to as well? Sure. So a couple come to mind. My favorite vacation of all time was my my wife and I's trip to uh, Germany. So we did Switzerland and then we did Germany. It was a blast. Okay. Um, and it was her first time going abroad. And I just love to travel to Europe. It's amazing. So we did, um, we were in, we flew into Geneva and that was like a big, we good? Uh, battery might be dying. Okay. A little bit. The, it's flicking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll we're be good. quick. We're good. We're good. Cool. Yeah. If it dies, then I, it's our I got indication. two more questions I know I want to ask you after okay. this. So. I'll be quick then. So okay. my trip does, uh, we did Geneva, Switzerland. Then we went and stayed right in the Alps, in the Swiss Alps, which was amazing. And then we went up to Munich and then to Berlin and that was a great trip. Nice. Um, another trip, though, my right when we moved here, when my dad was still trying to like butter us up to the idea of moving, <laughs> yeah, he he booked a he didn't book a trip. He won a trip to Telluride, Colorado. Ooh, and it was in the fall, but we had a blast, and we did like things that the Glovers don't do. Like we did a bunch of outdoorsy things, and they're like sit by the pool type of vacationers. Okay. Um. So we like we hiked a mountain. We like 
did mountain biking. We did whitewater rafting. It was a blast. It was one of the most activities are more impacting. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and then one trip I'm really excited about doing that isn't booked in any, uh, any way. There's two actually that I'm pretty pumped about. So my wife and I were planning to go to Peru before all the chaos happened and you've been, yeah, mm. I was excited to hear about it, but it sounds like we will have to do that on another podcast. Um, but yeah, we wanted to go to Peru. We've got a, one of our close friends has family down there. So okay. we're going to go like, and get maybe like a different perspective than like the traditional, like trip advisor recommendations. Yeah. I can help you too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, just plugged to the Glover family, uh, Euro trip 2025. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Where, so, where would you guys go? I think we're looking at Italy. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Should be beautiful. Hopefully, uh, no Corona. Yeah, I know. Well, I said 2030 and they were like, why should, well, we don't want to wait till 2030. I was like, 2025 that's, that's, that's pretty far out. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's five years from now, but like, we, like kids are kind of in a weird situation. We got like a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. Yeah. Wait, wait until they can actually remember stuff. Yeah. You know? But I don't want to wait my entire life for them to be able to remember stuff. True. So. Right. And who knows, five years from now, you could have a little one Yeah, exactly. Own. So. Preferably under two, so they fly free. It would be like the <laughs> ideal situation. Yes. Save that money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, man, I, I feel the battery light, it's, it's not even on there anymore, but Should we wrap it up. No, I, no, no. I want to keep talking. I think we just keep this going. Okay. Um, but what I was going to say though, is, uh, we're going to do another one at some point. Cool. Yeah, for sure. This I is, told you I had so much to talk. This about isn't too. our first rodeo. Right. All right. I can already, this tell. is my first rodeo. <laughs> yeah. But ours, I'm having a blast. <laughs> I am too. man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Deep question for okay. you. Um, is there a quality that you see in other people, but you don't see in yourself? Oh, I've written out my values before and discipline is far and above my favorite value. And I see it in myself sometimes, but I like all these people that I'm listening to, I think, uh, exhibit discipline exceptionally well. Mm. And so that is what I strive for. Even just talking to you, man, I see a lot of discipline in you, whether that be committing to a marathon or committing to finishing a book. Sometimes, you know, yes. I but I also have a, an, diet. a ton of different ideas that I'll never act on. And it's a curse of mine. I'm a, I like to think about things, but I don't always act on them. Fair. Yeah. And I think that there's a couple of things that happen with that, but discipline is like... Oh, man. Well, Tim, I was telling you, I was going to tell you about that thing I s- said to Zach. So I remember... And I, it occurred to me when I was t- chatting with him, when I was like 10 years old, I used to lay in bed and just dream because I was a chubby kid. And I used to just dream about like one day I'm going to lose a bunch of weight and I'm going to be fit and I'm going to run. And it's kind of cool because I did that. You did, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, my 10 year old self would be pretty darn proud of myself, I think. I think you would. Yeah. Right. And that's a cool thing. Like you should spend some time thinking about like, what did you think about as a 10 year old? Like, what would your 10 year old self think about you now? I think he'd be pretty, he'd be pretty proud. I mean, that's another thing too, is like, I, I wish I was more disciplined as well, but you know, all said and done, taking a step back, looking at the whole big picture, I think little Derek would be, would be happy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good answer, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, I think the skill of being able to look introspectively is, uh, it's lost on a lot of people. Sure. They're and I don't af- do it all the time. They're afraid to do it, you know, but, Definitely. but it's, it's a healthy thing to do, you know, uh, what are you grateful for? Oh, so many things. I love coffee. I'm so grateful for coffee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was, <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. So I was telling you before the podcast, just about like my wife and I's relationship. Yep. And like, I do love her and I love that. Like, 
I've, I, I'll tell so many stories. Like when I'm talking to you, like my wife has come out of my mouth like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool though. Like sometimes that's cheesy, but I'm, but I am super grateful for her in our relationship. Like she crushes discipline, but she would never, ever recognize that in herself. Really? But she could literally run for office. I, we talked about it the other day. I told her I wouldn't vote for her, but <laughs> seriously, she <laughs> what a is husband. so just, just like the, her level of discipline is, is incredible. So I'm super grateful for her. See, that, that's that's uh, good for you to be around consistently too Definitely. because you feed off of other people's uh, practices. For sure. I know? eat more sugar because I'm around her, but I also love her like level of discipline. Good. What is she really disciplined at? She is a work horse. Like she really? crushes. She, so she uh, she's worked at the same place for seven years. Yeah. She started a nonprofit that is like more successful than the organization that she was previously working with. She started one. She did. Oh my goodness. And um, as kind of an offshoot to an organization that she previously was involved in that a bunch of people kind of aged out of. Yes. And um, like her organization is like more successful than the one that she like used to work for. Holy moly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How long has she been? When did she uh, establish this? Three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, Lisa. Yeah. She's awesome. You think she'll listen to this? I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> she, she knows you're doing this right now, right? Yeah. She actually wished me good luck on the interview. Good. <laughs> well, well, the good luck paid off, man. I you, guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but she, I think she's just been saying that quite a bit because I've been applying to so many jobs that it's just like, uh, like good luck on the interview. Like, <laughs> she just says it as she walks out the door most days. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you've, you've had a similar uh, Corona experience as, as I have, you know, yeah. um, just looking looking for jobs, having lots of interviews. We probably have a refined, probably have the most refined resumes out of our friends out dude, there, I, I would say. My cover letter is like bomb. Mine's on fire too. Oh yeah, dude. I got such fire. a great like method. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I can crank them out in like 20 minutes. We should we should swap resumes, cool. cover letters one cool. of these days. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, I, I think we should wrap it up here. All right. Let's uh, do it. Dude. Thanks for coming on, man. You crushed it. Thank you. I had such a good time. Lucky episode number seven. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be on for probably 17. Why not? <laughs> Why not? No, but do invite me back someday. <laughs> you, you'll be back. Good. And hopefully I'll, I'll be in a studio in, instead of uh, Alex Campbell's basement. That'll be Shout cool. out to Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, thanks again, man. Of course. Thank you, Derek. All right. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>